Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Austin, Texas, sports, the horn. I woke up to the morning sky first. Oh, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, you had better. Well, get them up. Get them going. It's Thursday on Ian Rod B. It is uh, five hours. Tremendous sports conversation. Launching right now, Austin's only morning sports conversation in the local area and all over the state, all over the world on the Horn app at hornfm.com. Also, of course, on AM 1260 and 101.9 FM. We appreciate you being there wherever you're finding us as we get you cranking on a Thursday morning, 10 August. And a lot to do. NFL preseason kicks off in earnest tonight. All 32 teams in action between now and Sunday. Of course, the Browns and Jets already played a game in the Hall of Fame game. But everybody else gets in on the action starting tonight. That will include the Houston Texans. The D'Amico Ryan, C.J. Stroud era begins uh, for the Texans in New England tonight. We'll preview that game. Uh, all 32 teams, we said, it will be in action over four days. Cowboys playing Jacksonville this weekend, Sun- Saturday night there in Arlington. Also got the PGA Tour, the uh, FedEx Cup. Tip kicks off the top 70 golfers will tee off this morning at the St. Jude Tournament. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm, Roy McIlroy among the favorites. Three weeks of a uh, playoff event. Big event in uh, Duncanville High School this afternoon. The top recruiting in the nation for some people, certainly in the state of Texas, will make his declaration. We'll get a preview of that as well. Baseball, football, all the top stories. The ACC, Moline, potential uh, realignment uh, Growth situation. We'll get into that uh, very, very latest after some meetings last night between the school presidents. It's going to be a busy Thursday here on Ian Rod B. Uh, he is uh, the man. 16 years a fixture on your radio dial here in Austin, Texas. Before that, he was a player in the NFL. Before that, number 21 in your Texas football program as a lifetime Longhorn playing at DBU. He's number one in your heart, though. He's our man, Rod Babers. What's up, RB? I appreciate the intro, brother, and uh, doing great. Getting close to the weekend. Got football tonight. Well, Preseason football, but that's okay. It's still football, so I'll take it. Uh, so feeling good, man. I appreciate it. Fourth show, fourth show mm-hmm. of the new uh, Horn 2.0, and of course Ian Rodby still looking for a name. Do we have some uh, some names that you've been writing? You've been furiously writing down the names we've been suggesting. Been scribbling down some of the, the the suggestions from the folks out there Me on too. the uh, the specs text line five one two three three seven three seven seven six. I was uh, so we'll narrow it down probably next week sometime. Get to a, get to a get to a final name. Yeah, uh, we appreciate that. Ty Henderson mm-hmm. is through the glass as well. Uh, you said you told me. Uh, by the way, hello, Ty. Hello. It's good to see you. Hello, <laughs> hello. Ty. <laughs> How are you doing? Calm. Our uh, what's popping gambling pick of the night last night. Did we win? I picked. <laughs> he doesn't remember. I didn't even remember. I picked the Astros. You Go did strong. pick the Astros, and you're two and one now in your mm. final segment of the day. Gambling, ESPN bets pick of the night, and yeah, the Astros did get a win last night. We'll get you details. Eight to two. They're now two back of the Rangers. You mentioned to me that uh, you watched the Johnny Manziel documentary. So I, I did. Forward. I couldn't sleep last night, so I watched it, and I looked at. It, I was. It was like it was like a I don't know an hour and fifteen. So I was like, oh, you know what? Let me just try. That's to all talk. it is. Hour and fifteen, huh? I think it's like yeah, it's like an hour and fifteen, hour and twenty. And I was like, you know what? If it's boring. I'll pass out to it, and it'll be great. Anyway, then I can just say, you know what? It wasn't even good enough to keep my attention. It did. Un- un- unfortunately, I ended up staying up way too late because I watched the whole thing. All right, okay. I need a yeah. full review of that. Yeah, Johnny we'll Menzel Doc and uh, where that's at. Let's start with the headlines on a Thursday morning. The uh, topics you need to know, trending topics, you start your, your Thursday. Give you a business service which brings it to you. Start with the Longhorns, Texas football. Texas held their seventh practice of training camp last night under the lights. And it was their first practice in full pads. That meant 
work on the run game, interior, and, of course, run defense, a big focus for Steve Sarkeesian and the gang. All focus this afternoon will be on Duncanville High, south of Dallas. That's where the state's top recruiting prospect for the class of 2024, five-star edge rusher Colin Simmons, has planned a commitment event for 2 o'clock today to make his declaration. The 6'2", 225-pound senior-to-be has narrowed his schools of choice to three with Miami, LSU, and Texas making the short list. Of course, had offers from across the country. Most recruiting experts declared a two-school race between the Longhorns and LSU. Get a preview of that coming up. Major League Baseball Rangers the lead atop the LS as we mentioned, down to two. Rangers shut out in Oakland yesterday afternoon. Astros made it two wins in a row in Baltimore, 8-2 to two to final last night. Five A's pitchers combined on a four-hitter against that vaunted Ranger lineup. They avoid the three-game sweep there. While the Surgeon Astros got a first-inning two-run home run from Tuesday night hero Kyle Tucker picked right up where he left off. And Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman combined for six hits, drove in five last night. Astros have taken the first two of that series. They'll look for the sweep this afternoon. Rangers will take the day off. Also in baseball last night, history in Philadelphia. Newly acquired Phillies right-hander Michael Lorenzen endeared himself to the home fans forever, tossing the... 14th no-hitter in Phillies franchise history. 31-year-old was just acquired from Detroit ahead of the trade deadline. He struck out five over and overcame four walks to lead Philadelphia to a 7-0 win over Washington. He's just the fourth pitch or fifth pitcher in Major League Baseball and the second since 1900 to throw a no-hitter in his home debut with the new team. Also last night, Round Rock clobbered Albuquerque for the second straight night, 10-6. Same two teams tonight on a thirsty Thursday at Dell Diamond. Conference realignment news, Atlantic Coast Conference presidents met last night and continued to discuss the possibility of adding Stanford and Cal to the league. But according to multiple reports this morning, they say there is no consensus within the league and no formal vote was taken last night. Football-only member Notre Dame is reportedly a strong proponent of adding the Bay Area schools. ACC needs 12 of 15 school votes of yes for anything to happen in golf PGA Tour enters its three tournament FedEx Cup postseason with first round action at the St. Jude Classic this morning. Playoff will begin with the top 70 golfers this year, not the 125 as in past years. We'll conclude with the Tour Championship and a grand prize of nearly $20 million. John Rom, Scotty Scheffler, Rory McElroy enter the playoff as the top three in the FedEx Cup standing. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. I love that uh, Notre Dame calling, trying to call shots. They're not even a full-fledged member. Yeah, football <laughs> only. Well, that's all that matters, right? Yeah, I feel like that's uh, you ever seen that Seinfeld episode where Kramer, uh, he's got a job, he's working at a place, but he actually hasn't been hired by the law firm that he's working at. And he just kind of shows up. He gets fired, and he's like, actually, I really don't even work here. <laughs> I feel like that's not just like, Notre Dame, you don't even really, you're not even a member here. You just try to call shots. But you're right, that's Notre Dame, and football, it just shows you football is what matters. And they're yeah. pushing for it because you know Notre Dame mm-hmm. likes to uh, play a coast-to-coast schedule. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about, uh, at least I've um, you know suggested that uh, the Big Ten strategically should add Stanford because that might push Notre Dame into some mm-hmm. sort of partnership, nice. big picture with the Big Ten. But uh, that's why I think Notre Dame is pushing, hey, y'all, you know, let's go ahead and get these West Coast schools, great academics. Yeah, they uh, want that academic, you know, credibility. They want that academic credibility sure. for them. That's big. And, they, you know, Notre Dame likes to play a coast-to-coast schedule for recruiting, and they're a national brand, uh, want to be that national brand, not be locked in on the East Coast. And um, obviously, Notre Dame's still on the outside looking in as far as the conferences go, still independent, but uh, they're kind of in the ACC, as you say. Yeah. Kind of work here. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they're trying to throw their football weight around, which is significant. Will it matter? You know, we talked yesterday quite a bit about the idea of SMU uh, mm-hmm. being in the conversation, which, you know, people kind of like, why would SMU, why would the ACC? Look, they're trying to expand the footprint, trying to grow. 
uh, from the Atlantic you know, seaboard only, really, uh, the eastern time zone. And you get the uh, DFW Metroplex, and reportedly SMU would be willing to come in for almost no money, right? It wouldn't even cost them. They wouldn't have to share any money. Mm-hmm. Give us what we're making now in our current yep. conference, and we'll be good. Uh, we just want to be in the, in, the, in the field of 67 at this point. And obviously Stanford and Cal are – uh, they're willing to take a lot less too, something better than they they're looking at right now. That's becoming a thing now, yeah. more and more. Yeah, well, they because I, I think it, the the money's one thing, but if you're they just want to find a safe, stable place to land when the musical chairs of got realignment stops. Well, and the safe place would be <laughs> to be in the one of the four power conferences. Exactly. I mean, that's I mean where you have to be, uh, and if you're not, even if you're if you're making the same money. To be in that 67 is better than not being in the 67. Uh, and obviously the idea for SMU would be that money could grow over time if their football program gets cranking uh, in the Metroplex and becomes a big deal. And you mentioned yesterday the, the schools in the ACC would have to consider the, the football coaches you know, playing games in, in Dallas oh, would be a big deal for big recruiting deal. potentially. We're just talking about, again, Colin Simmons, who's from that DFW area. Yeah, Duncanville. <laughs> Duncanville. So, oh, man, you're right about that. I even read this, and I was a little surprised – uh, Sam Conn Jr. threw this out there that since Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah are getting a full share from the Big 12 starting in 2024, uh, people wondered if BYU, Cincy, and U of H, if anything changed for them. Apparently not. U of H, AD Chris Pesman, um, he told Sam Conn that they'll receive an $18 million share in 2023, 19 in 2024. They'll be full share members in 2025. Yeah. So the newest member. So it, that's, uh, you know, very like that. You kind of work your way into being a full shared member in a lot of these new realignment deals. And you're right. They, people are saying, you know what, I'd rather take it. I'll take the discounted uh, revenue share because I want stability matters more than the money right now. The money will come. Yeah, I mean, SMU currently playing in the American Athletic Conference. I mean, I don't know what they make on a media rights deal on that conference, but you know, if the, if the money's the same, you'd rather be in the ACC than the American, obviously, mm-hmm. and you grow into it. As for the uh, the Big 12 situation, you know, that, that comes with the wink and the nod from ESPN. If ESPN says, okay, we've got the money to make them a full-fledged member because they're being the Phoenix market and both two schools out of Arizona, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll cover that. We'll Talk about that. the value. Yeah, the value. bringing in. Yeah, we'll cover that. Yeah. De- Colorado, <laughs> Dion, Denver, yeah, we'll cover that. The current uh, American media deal is, uh, it goes through 2031, and it is just short of $7 million per school. Oh, there you go. man. Right. Okay. Uh, Even at discounted rate, you're still making more money. Right, which, <laughs> which SMU says, all right, all right, ACC, give us our 7 or $10 million, yeah. we're good. We just want to be in your conference, yeah, and no uh, and look, that's I know there are a lot of fans that will hear that and think, what a, what a ridiculous situation, but it is, but it's it's TV driven, it's dollars driven, and but you know if you're just coming to that and realizing that it's it's been that way a long long time, uh, in college athletics, the big business of college athletics, um, where it's been it's been professionalized long ago, and obviously with name, image, and likeness and things of that nature, Rod Babers, there's uh, oh yeah, you know it's more and more like the the National Football League or um, it's, you know, get, it's getting that way you get all your you basically are consolidating all their biggest brands yeah. in college football right. yeah it's not real alignment it's into, consolidation yeah into like two, consolidation two bit you know SEC and Big Ten those are your two major if you're a major college football brand you're trying to get to those two conferences and I think right now they basically own not own um, but they are they have members who represent 26 of the top 30 uh, revenue generating 
athletic departments in the country, the, yeah. between the Big Ten and the SEC. There you go. That's your Android and your iPhone of college sports. You got two choices. <laughs> that's well, that's why, <laughs> and that's why the leadership of Texas made the decision a couple years ago. We need they to saw be, it coming. We yeah. need to be there. We need to be in that conference. Yeah. And no matter what, because some people have said now that the Big Twelve has added the schools, and somebody actually mentioned yesterday. Well, I wonder if uh, Texas should have just stayed close and and added try to add USC and UCLA. But I don't think, I mean, again, ESPN and Fox would not have let that happen. The TV networks are, are pushing this. They're the, the wizards behind the, the curtain of all of puppeteers it. Puppeteers. Yes. <laughs> pulling yes. the strings. And also, you had to get away from Bowlesby. Bo- that you, that, that would, if, if you'd have done that deal somehow, even if the TV networks let you do it, that means Bowlesby would have got the credit, and then you're still under really shaky, uncertain, you know, un- inept leadership. Between Bob Bowles, but you need it. You need to go somewhere where you also have stability. Means a leadership with vision and also, you know, the uh, political capital to be able to execute that vision. And Bowlesby didn't really have that. He did not. Uh, <laughs> and the Pac-12 never had it, it appears. Yeah, yeah, Klyovkov certainly don't have it. Speaking of NIL deals, you see Texas A&M. Texas A&M Aggies yesterday shut down their controversial 12th man plus NIL fund. Controversial in that it kind of goes against the national rules versus the state law that was passed on July 1st. Uh, This is the 12th Man Plus, their NIL initiative. They've shut it down, not because of the NCAA, Rod, but because of the IRS. Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam, man. Uncle (laughs) Sam. Hey, (laughs) they don't really give a damn about the NCAA, and honestly, they they really wouldn't have— you know, cared about any type of pressure because outside pressure, whether it be the media or anything, they really care about that. They felt they had the state law to back them up, and they they were right about that to to a certain extent. But man, when Uncle Sam comes in and says, "Hey, hey actually, there are tax codes that this uh, initiative may vi- you may violate the tax codes." Yeah, you might want to watch out. Yeah, you don't want Uncle Sam. Yeah, that was the investigating debate you back in July. July first, this new state law, uh, House Bill. Whatever twenty eight oh four, whatever went into law that that makes it uh, uh, give schools in the state of Texas the ability to collect money through through you know funds and collectives to go to NIL, but also give you know perks to season ticket holders, kind of like the Longhorn Foundation or the Twelfth mm-hmm. Man Foundation would make that legal within the state. But the NCAA sent a memo to all the schools saying no, 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 that's still against our rules, y'all. And so a game of chicken was happening. Texas never changed theirs. The University of Texas did not change. You know the Texas One Fund or the Longhorn Foundation. Um, in the wake of the new state law, they stayed <laughs> held pat to kind of wait and see. A and M immediately <laughs> jumped with the Twelfth Man Plus uh, Foundation to take advantage of that. Uh, but the IRS, you know, the NCAA memo didn't mean much because everybody was wondering if, if the NCAA would actually do something about it exactly. instead of sending a memo. Because uh, they, they, they don't have much much pull right now or push. Well, the IRS does, and the IRS sent a memo in which they said the collective uh, in-house uh, name, image, and likeness fund puts the 501c3 status of the 12th Man Foundation at risk. Yeah, you don't want Meaning it. you keep yeah. doing this, you know, because we, we, if, you, if you send money to the Longhorn Foundation or the 12th Man Foundation, not the plus, but the original, that's, that's a write-off, right? You can write that off your taxes. That's a 501c3. Uh, the IRS is saying, no, 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 you're going to lose that light. You, you're going to lose that if you keep doing what you're doing. And so they thought, hey, we're gonna, we'll shut down the 12th. Yeah, plus. it's a way basically to incentivize donors to give to the university affiliated NIL collective rather than the uh, some other collectives, because then you'll get the perks of better parking, 
better access better to seats, tickets yeah. uh, to the big games, all these different types of things. You got to be a big BMD, BMDs, big money donors to do that. I'm not a big money donor, so I just, I know big money donors, so I know how that works. And Texas chose, because Texas didn't have to really take advantage of that loophole, if you will, right. um, because Texas was already the national leader in NIL compensation based on Open Doors. They're an entity that studies transactions from NIL uh, it, collectives and um, different directives all over the country. But they said Texas is number one, and Texas believes they're right now in the arms race of the NIL world. Uh, right now, they're one of the leaders, and they can consider themselves kind of the capital of the of NIL uh, world of college sports, and that's what they want to be. It's trust me, it's going to be a long, long race because <laughs> everybody wants to be in it, and you got to be in it. So for Texas, there was no incentive for them to really try to take advantage of that loophole. For the Aggies too, they're doing pretty damn good too, but they want every possible advantage. And yeah, I get here it. comes the uh, IRS. Well, we'll see. Uh, name, image, and likeness. We'll see if it plays into a to a uh, to a part of this Colin Simmons decision today. I want to ask you coming up in our oh. behind the burn orange curtain, Rod Babers, at the bottom of the hour. Do what happens when you go into full pads when it changes from shells to full pads at practice? That's what the Longhorns did last night. But two o'clock today, obviously, Longhorns feel pretty good about the uh, the Colin Simmons recruitment. Uh, you know, if you if you don't follow the recruiting world, Colin Simmons this year for Texas would be similar. Arch Manning of last year, Arch Manning, the number one quarterback recruit, but this is a a state player in the state, and it's uh you know the the Longhorns have put a lot of eggs in this basket. He is their their focus. He's the best defensive player in the uh, in the state. Some say in the country, coming off the edge at Duncanville at a need position for the Longhorns. Uh, what's your what's your sense of what's going to happen two o'clock today in uh, South Dallas? Uh, seems like. Longhorn fans feel like they have the momentum, but, I mean, Longhorn fans, <laughs> they're going to be overly optimistic. But uh, a lot of the reports, a lot of the crystal ball predictions also have, I would say more of them have him going to Texas than have him going to LSU or Miami. I think it's between Texas and LSU mostly. I've even seen a lot of uh, so I, I, LSU-based reporting who's saying it's, it's, it's not looking good for us here. Yeah. Uh, but again, it could, it's, it's an eighteen-year-old kid who could, you know, is going into his senior year of high school uh, at Duncanville. Uh, and I, don't, I mean, I don't even know. I mean, this, and this is just a commitment, so that could always flip too. I mean, you have a bad season or a disappointing season, yeah. and then that could flip. So, I mean, it is just it's a you know it's a commitment, but you know he is not signing anything just yet. So, yeah, you can get him, and that'd be great. But I still think Texas needs to have a season where you're competing for a championship. Otherwise, he may decide to change his mind and go with If LSU ends up winning the SEC championship on the other side uh, or, or competing for it and having a better season, maybe he flips back. So it's always something that – This is just the, the, the start, you, not the end, right? Yeah, it's something you got to always be aware of until they sign. And then when they sign, as we know, the transfer portal, you still don't got them. Yeah. All right, you still can't say, "Ah, oh, you know what? We can relax. We don't have to re-recruit them." Yeah, you do. All the time. Every year. <laughs> yeah, every year keep them in the fold. No question about that. Colin Simmons, if you saw it last year, Duncanville of course won their first state title since 1998 by beating Mighty North Shore out of Galena Park down in the Greater Houston area. And in that game, uh if you gosh, he was the best player on the field as a junior. Uh they 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 pitched a shutout against Mighty North Shore in the second half and a big part of it was him. He was unblockable off the edge and uh, just harassing everything they tried to do. Uh, he is a he, he's a beast uh, of a football player, and it's a position the Longhorns really haven't had. I mean, one of those just war daddy pass rushers uh, off the edge and uh, wreaking havoc 
Uh, they, they won't have them this year regardless, but <laughs> for their move into the SEC, a player like Colin Simmons can be. You know, those are game changers, right? Those are Everybody's got good players in the Southeastern Conference who are the difference makers, who, who, who change the game on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. It appears Colin Simmons is one of those guys. Yeah, you want uh, those kind of force multipliers at every level of your defense. Uh, they recruited Anthony Hill. Yeah. Um, he's supposed to be a next-level linebacker uh, that can almost do everything at the, at the second level for the linebackers. Uh, they in this, you know, this is a guy you just talked about. There's nothing uh, really that he lacks skill set wise or you know measurables wise. Uh, he doesn't lack anything physically uh, to be an elite defensive end at the next level here and, and even projects as an NFL guy who has an NFL Sunday skill set too. Yeah. So that kind he, of player. Yeah. And you know, they got guys like that in secondary. They recruited Derek Williams is supposed to be one of those guys, the safety from Louisiana. Louisiana. Yeah. Uh, was a really good player. So yeah, I'm with you. I, I think to building for the SEC, you just want to have those types of players at every level of your defense. And Texas right now, if they get Colin Simmons, uh, you can see them starting to stack those guys. 2 o'clock today to keep it locked here on the Horn and, of course, on uh, all of our social media pages. We will crank that out just as soon as it comes down from Duncanville. I think it's be live, carried live on YouTube and all oh, kinds of places. It's, it's big, man. It's, it's big. Him and his teammate. He's got another teammate, teammate will that's also today. announcing. Ty, Ty Henderson, our producer. You played defensive end in high school. You're not to the level of Colin Simmons, I don't believe. Hey. But uh, you've seen him play. What do you make? You, you feeling good about this as a uh, former person who lived on South Camp or West Campus? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> but went to Texas State. Immediate impact hey, kind of guy. Huh? Um, immediate impact kind of guy. You know that the uh, the Dallas the Dallas area. I feel like if, I mean J T Sanders was the last big recruit to come out of Duncanville to come to Texas. So. I feel they that pipeline's open. It is, and, and you know, you give uh, Chris Gilbert, the former uh, high school recruiting coordinator for Texas, who's now working at North Texas University mm-hmm. uh, for their new head coach. But uh, he really helped Steve Sarkeesian and the staff build that pipeline into South Dallas. And if you're talking about South Dallas, um, you're talking about some of those fertile recruiting territory, not just in Texas but in the country. You've given the numbers, Rod. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about Duncanville, uh, De, you know, Desoto. I mean, all those high schools, South Oak Cliff. Uh, up and down I-20 and, and I-35. I mean, it is uh, big time. Yep. And, you know, the cool part about that is that a lot of these kids grow up, they may go to different high schools, but they grow up playing Pop Warner against one another, playing AAU basketball, other sports. And so the, the pipeline is important, and they, and they have camaraderie and you know, friends in the South Dallas group. Uh, you're starting to see that, and the Longhorns are, are building that pipeline. And obviously Colin Simmons would be a big part of that. And when, when Colin Simmons came on his official visit, he was hosted by – you know, Cam Williams, Duncanville guy, mm-hmm. and uh, some of those South Dallas area players who know him well. Yeah. Uh, that makes you feel kind of welcomed and at home, and uh, your your players become your best recruiters when it, when it matters most. Uh, yeah, they always are. They don't have to follow the NCAA rules about recruiting. There's no downtime for them. They, there's no, you know, uh, period where they have to shut recruiting down. Uh, they can always reach out. You know, DM guys. They, as you said, as you pointed out, they already have the pre-existing relationship with a lot of these guys from yep. the camps that they've been in seven on seven. Um, and these days with social media, you can just reach out to great players. So there's no question, your players should always enthusiastically be your best recruiters. They should be because they, you can, you can, as a coach, you can tell them, and it's there's nothing wrong with it. Say, hey, man, you should reach out to this guy. That's technically not a violation of hit him up on the DMs. Rules. Like, hey, I need you to hit him up just to see where he is. I need you to gauge his interest, try to see if he's uh, still thinking about the, you know, the other. Tell team him about and all those cool NIL deals you're getting. All that stuff. <laughs> I mean, that's the case. So I, I think Texas has a lot of those guys, and that's all about buying. Yeah, I mean, that's is. all about buying. If you if you don't like your 
your coach. Remember, at one point, there were there were guys who were telling recruits not to come to Texas at one point because they did not like their coach. Yeah, that wasn't so that it happens on the other, other end of the spectrum, too. No question. <laughs> he is Rod Babers. Uh, Ty Henderson through the glass. You are here. It's a Thursday. Just getting warmed up. We've got uh, behind the burn orange court in Texas football talk. First full pad practice last night. We'll also preview what we uh, expect to see from the Houston Texans tonight. C.J. Stroud era begins. Mm-hmm. D'Amico Ryans. Also some uh, E and Rod B facts of the day before the end of the hour. First of five. Five hours, five days a week here on The Horn. Uh, clever, clever on the sex text line. This says, how about the horn toppers? I don't know about that. With Rod Ian Rod B. <laughs> Rod is a UT grad. He is a St. Ed's grad. So the Horn Toppers. Yeah, we're the Hill Toppers over there on uh, uh, South oh, Austin. Oh, okay. Now I get it. I get the Horn Toppers. I think my favorite so far is uh, the Texas Fight Club. Texas Fight Club. <laughs> <laughs> we can't talk about Fight Club. <laughs> exactly. That's the first rule of Fight Club and the second rule. I think my favorite so far is uh, Rise and Grind. Rise and Grind. It's not bad. Rise and Grind. Rod B and There's going to be some people who. That's uh, what you do. You rise and grind. You grind coffee. You know. <laughs> I know, but you can. You know, you got some people who go be a uh, sophomoric with that, right? You have yeah. some listeners. By the way, I'm not. I'm not in good graces at home because I was asked yesterday to run to the store and pick up some coffee. My, my wife loves her morning cup of coffee, and she was out. Bought decaf. Bought uh, decaf. Why you guys? Why you got, who drinks decaf coffee? What are we doing? You, can you settle a debate for me here? I, I don't my even dad. drink coffee, so I don't know. I don't know me either, but. Is de- does decaf coffee have zero caffeine yeah. or just a reduced amount of caffeine? I think it's decaffeinated. Redu- I believe. I think it might be reduced because sometimes it, it, it it's. I think it varies. It's psychological. Because sometimes they say decaffeinated and it has like a little bit in there. It has to do with tea sometimes too. I argued with my dad about that for like. I don't an hour. have a good answer on that. I just know I bought the wrong stuff and I'm in trouble. Doghouse. <laughs> Doghouse. Uh, I don't. I don't drink a lot of coffee, but I know that happens with tea. So you got to ask somebody. Some, I'm sure the spec text on will hook you up. Gosh dang it! I, they picked up the, the had the green thing on. You don't drink oh. coffee though, so that's no, not your fault. She should have sent you well, a screenshot of what she wanted. I knew what she wanted. I just grabbed the wrong damn thing. <laughs> the H E B. This says I still like the morning horn. Okay, the morning horn. All right, the horn stars, ebony and ivory. Ebony uh, and ivory. Pretty good. I like it. Uh, somebody, several people mentioned J T. Sanders went to Denton Ryan. That's true. Did J T. Sanders? And if we were confused on that, we know J T. Sanders and Anthony Hill Jr. Denton Ryan up there north of uh, Fort Worth, north of Dallas. Mm. Obviously, Duncanville, South Dallas, down there in the uh, the I twenty pipeline. So yeah, we're watching Colin Simmons today at two o'clock. We'll get into the uh, behind the burn orange curtain coming up. Also, some Ian Rodby facts of the day before the top facts of the hour, including the another no-hitter last night in Major League Baseball and some other interesting uh, news notes and nuggets. But how about the uh, the Johnny Manziel doc? Before we talked Texas football and full pads last night, what did you uh, – I have not seen it yet. What was your review of uh, the hour and 20 minutes on Johnny football? It was it was entertaining. It, was, it wasn't very in-depth, um, and I thought, you know, I thought some of the – critiques about how it, it was lacking some um, journalistic integrity <laughs> probably were, were dead on if that's what you were looking for but it did give you some great nostalgia just re- you basically got a chance to relive the Johnny Manziel era and then you got it was kind of behind the scenes footage if you will of the Johnny Manziel era it reminded me of a a DVD behind the scenes uh, <laughs> uh, footage where you get to kind of watch 
not only then relive the the movie, but then you get all of the actors and the director and the producers telling you how everything went down. They had the agent, they had Uncle Nate. Uncle uh, Nate. Uncle Nate was there and Johnny Manziel. And turns out they haven't spoken well, in Nate. years. Wow. They basically haven't spoken since Johnny Manziel was drafted, which sorry, spoiler alert. I shouldn't, you know, just so you know. I won't give up too much, but that's one of the things that stood out to me that I was I thought was interesting that they haven't spoken. And I wonder what's the reason? At this point, why? Yeah. At this point, I mean, right? At this point, I mean, we wrote it to the wheels fell off. All right, let's at least uh, salvage the friendship. So something um, went down there between those two. You mentioned the criticism. I, I read this yesterday late in the show. Tony Grossi, who covers the Cleveland Browns, of course, Johnny Manziel, drafted by the Browns, played for the Browns. Uh, he is the beat reporter and covers that team and has for a long time. And his his review of the documentary was that it was fairly lazy, uh, Manziel's agent and his family blabbering is what I saw. No Browns input, no mention of the homeless man. Remember the homeless guy who apparently told the, the owner guy. to draft Johnny yes. Manziel? I remember that story. Shouldn't you, if you're doing the documentary, hunt this guy down. Mm-hmm. Find this homeless dude. Uh, no insights into GM Ray Farmer and then the text of the sidelines and things of like that. So from the Browns beat reporter, he didn't get much, which I get. But, you know, we live in the state of Texas, so we live the Johnny Manziel you know, era and comet in real time. Did you did you learn Billy anything Lucci you didn't know? Was on it. Uh, yeah, you you learned some things you didn't know. Uh, you learn about you know the myth of spoiler alert, spoiler alert to those who don't, who don't want to hear it. Uh, you do learn that the myth of the family money was made up by really? Uncle Nate. That they 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 got you know they they're not poor or anything, but they don't have some old school oil. Well. They have some old 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 oil money that they have. They don't have any old oil money. They made that up so to get the NCAA off their back. So that they would that's have. All this money, that's why he's driving these cars. And yeah, that's where how he can you know afford you know courtside seats and afford to fly on private planes is because they got some old oil money in the family. That was all made up to hide the fact that they were you know breaking NCAA rules by signing autographs and making money that way. He yeah. was doing the uh, the SMU Eric Dickerson thing in real time. Pretty much. <laughs> it, and, and now the, it's all legal. And it wasn't F you to the NCAA, yeah, because ultimately it made the NCAA look bad. Because NCAA did investigate. But Uncle Nate did a great job, man, of they taking the heat, and he took a heat for a lot of it, and then he made up the story about the family money and all that kind of stuff. I nice. think the NCAA bought most of that. And they, they basically couldn't prove that Johnny was breaking the rules, even though they, they knew. obviously was. They knew Johnny was breaking the rules, yeah. Uh, all right, so this, uh, by the way, this texture on the specs text line says, guys, depends on the coffee. Some are completely decaffeinated. Some are slightly caffeinated. Same applies to non-alcoholic beer. Some have a small amount. Some are absolutely zero. Interesting. There you go. Uh, all I know is I bought the wrong you bought still, damn it. <laughs> All you know is you're in the doghouse because you bought the wrong damn coffee. There you go. There you go. But, uh, <laughs> you know, can't do anything about it at this point, which is not good. Hey, so with the... Uh, Facts of the day coming up. Um, we also have the Colin Simmons decision. And we got to preview some preseason football action, which is coming your way. Uh, all 32 teams in action beginning tonight with two games, the Texans and Patriots. But right now it's time to go behind that burnt orange curtain and talk Texas football. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, we got a couple of things we can get to. You talked about the Longhorns getting to their first padded practice. How does that change things in your mind as a player? Oh, it changes everything. It does it really? Yeah. You go all in. Yeah, that's, you know, everything other than that has been basically seven on seven pretty much. Linemen, they can't do much at all but work footwork and, and hand placement. But, 
you know, for a lineman, uh, you know, not putting on the pads, that's <laughs> for them. They're not really practicing and not really playing the game at all. So they, you know, for for I, for the players out there, the the physicality you wanna you want that first day in pads to set the tone. All right, so I don't know exactly if how pleased Sark was with it. We haven't heard uh, from Sark about the first padded practice, but as a coach, you definitely want that to set the tone. Guys should be, they should be thirsty. They should be hungry for physical contact because you haven't had a lot of it at all in the offseason. Not you've had any of it in the offseason for these guys, considering how they've changed the rules. So this is, uh, for this group, where the expectations are really high, and you have a lot of veterans who – now you have the same coaching staff. You have continuity with the staff. They know exactly uh, what is expected of them by the staff. They know how to practice in Sark's you know, system within his framework and how he likes it and what he won't tolerate at practice and what he will. So you don't have to worry about that anymore. Remember, you just have to teach guys how to practice. Right. Right. And what was expected. Sark did all that in year one and in year two. Now you're veterans They'll tell the young guys, or at least they'll set the example for the young guys. Young guys, just watch the older guys and do what they do. And so you really do become a more efficient team at this point. That's what you're expecting from Sark. And also in terms of setting the standard, man, I, I expect just it to be a really physical, or at least it was a really physical practice because you got a lot of you know vets and you have a lot of guys uh, who uh, here are trying to compete for jobs. Even Sark said it. You know, he's still – making tough decisions about who's going to end up winning some of these jobs. Yeah, and the competition. And, uh, you know, we know there are some, some things pretty solid in, in key places. But, gosh, the name you keep hearing, Rod, from from the insiders and the reports are, is is A.D. AD, AD Mitchell, yep. the wide receiver. Now they, they went, you know, heavy run game heavy, run defense heavy because the first time they could really get in the trenches last night. Uh, but A.D. Mitchell is a name that you just uh, – inside Texas, uh, Orange Bloods, they all had the same same name on the, the – hearing from the – that A.D. Mitchell just continues to show up and make plays. Agreed. And that's a deep receiver core. We know that. But uh, pretty clear that the Georgia transfers come in looking to become a, a, a pivotal – a key factor within this offense. Uh, as a matter of fact, that's a great segue because uh, Sark was speaking earlier this week with Josh Pate. Uh, who does work for uh, 247 Sports. Yeah, does a good job. Uh, yeah, he does a good job on YouTube, and Sark uh, joined him on his show. Um, so here's some audio cuts from that interview, and Sark actually spoke about the wide receiving room because there's a ton of buzz about it. Uh, so here is uh, Sark on the receiving room at Texas. I really like that room. You know, at the end of the day, I, I think that we've put a lot on Xavier Worthy for two years, you know, and he came in as a true freshman. That There was a lot on his plate. Um, and he handled it and he took it and he had to know everywhere and move everywhere. Um, and there was a lot, and he played a lot of snaps and a lot of reps and Jordan Whittington as well. I think now with the, with the addition of AD Mitchell, getting in a healthy Isaiah Nair, who we missed last year, who transferred from Wyoming, uh, the addition of a Jonte cook, um, the, the, the kind of steady play of Casey Kane being back and then Deandre Moore, Ryan Niblett, we, we've got a really talented room. I think one that where we can spread the field a little bit more, one that where guys aren't feeling like, um, I have to be the one to make the play. And Xavier's got to beat double coverage every play because AD Mitchell's a good player. Jordan Whittington's a good player. Isaiah Nayer's a good player. Um, you know, John Tay cook can be a player not to mention, you know, how are you going to defend JT Sanders? And so ultimately, historically for me, when, when we've had our best offenses, um, we've been able to deploy people across the field that, that make it difficult for you to kind of pin down and hone in on. 
uh, and in turn, the ball can get spread out when the quarterback knows to go with it, go with the ball. Uh, guys can make plays in space because they're getting those one-on-one matchups. There you go. Talk. I swear, Sark and I keep using some of the same language to get the one-on-ones. Uh, you know, deploying on the Horn app, <laughs> hornfm.com. Uh, deploying five receivers. Remember, you know, giving the defense, presenting them with a mathematical equation they cannot solve. They can't double X Man and double J T Sanders. Uh, that if they do that, they if they do it, that means you'll have one on ones with Jay Witt with A D Mitchell. You'll have a light box. There'll be so many other options for the offense. And I think that's what why Sark's excited. That's why I'm excited about the offense. The possibilities are pretty much, you know, right now the running game is one of the one things I think could limit the offense because we don't know it's a they have talent, but it's unproven talent in the backfield because you lost Bijan and Rojo. But other than that, I mean, O line is stacked, wide receiver stacked, quarterback stacked, tight end stacked. You know, really the running game shouldn't have to do much. And within this offense, it shouldn't have to, it shouldn't have to be uh, the running game. Shouldn't have to be overburdened with this offense. It should just be a complimentary piece, considering how dynamic all the weapons are. We'll see. It's a work in progress, but you're 23 days now to the start of the Longhorn football season. That means three weeks from Saturday is the first tailgate, the first Bevo Boulevard, and the first game with the Rice Owls. We know that means 30 days from today will be the game with the Alabama Crimson Tide. Not to look past the Rice Owls, Rod, hey, but. I know a lot of Longhorn fans are already making their Bama plans. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, you know. Tailgate, Bama, Tuscaloosa. Bama looks, you know, like this year may be the year that they the standard drops for them just a little bit. Just because they have a new OC, new DC, and they don't really know who the quarterback is going to be just yet. So if there's going to be a regression for Bama, and regression for them means you know 10, 10 wins instead of 12. 13 or 14. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it may be this year. Just why they – but talent-wise, they're always loaded. I mean, you know there's talent across the board. They're one of the most talented rosters in the country, top five most talented rosters easily. Year to year. Year to year, no, no question. doubt. Yeah. All right, throughout the morning we'll go behind the burnt orange curtain. We'll hear Joel Klatt. Joel Klatt has weighed in on the Longhorns and uh, where he has them ranked in his – Top 15, top 20 in the country right now. Also uh, more from Sark with the, that, that Josh Pate interview, uh, talking about leadership on this team and uh, where they are uh, behind the burnt orange curtain Longhorns in pads last night. And all eyes today will be on Duncanville High School. Um, two o'clock, is it 2 o'clock? 2 o'clock. o'clock. I'd seen an original 2 o'clock Eastern, but it's, it's 2 o'clock It's 2 o'clock time. Central time. Yeah, and I think they're going to the high school, but I don't think the high school's back in session yet, but they're just going to. Let them use the high school oh, for the announcement. Yeah, they need they need the space. I'm sure it'll be in with the oh. auditorium or in whatever the gym, whatever. They need a lot of space because it's going to be a ton of people at this announcement. Also this morning, uh, Rod and myself, and we'll have a look at the number 17 team in our Ian Rod B. Horn Top 20 countdown. We're counting down the top teams. If you missed it, we'll keep you posted. We've got uh, Texas Tech at 20. Because uh, everything runs through Lubbock. We had North Carolina at 19. We had Ole Miss yesterday, Joey Freshwater. By the way, can I make an adjustment? His Uh-oh. new girlfriend that he's dating, 25, not 27. My apologies. Wow. Yeah. That, Remember it, I showed you the picture yesterday of yeah. him and the fish and her? I she, guess the two years shouldn't make that big of a difference. But it's, <laughs> I, I just want to make sure. I was about to say because I know who this girl is. You do? Yeah. Wow. I to, said 27. And she just graduated. She's a, from Ole Miss in 2019. And she's now dating. Graduated early. Yes, she's on the 
Fast track. Good for, good for good And for already Joey. has caught the eye of good Lane Kiffin, the head coach. Man. And interesting with Texas Tech, right? They're the mm-hmm. team so far that finished like a like a you know gangbusters at the end of last year with four straight wins and beat Ole Miss in their bowl game. Uh, and then, you know, North Carolina, who was at 19, and Ole Miss stumbled to the finish line, right? Mac Brown's team was 9-1 and one and lost their last four to finish 9-5. and five. Uh, Lane Kiffin's team was, you know, a 7-0 seven seven and, and, and then 8-1 and, one and then, then fell apart. 1-5 to finish the season. No defense and lost to Texas Tech in that bowl game. So those two teams trying to figure it out. Today, we're going to be on a, on, a, on a big rival for the Longhorns today, Rod. Big rival for the Longhorns. Uh-oh. You going to play that song? It's up to you. <laughs> don't put it on put it on me. Up to I you. don't want that. No. I don't want that. Don't uh, well, we do usually play the fight song, but it's a fight song no one's gonna like here on the mm, on the five one two. Don't you oh, put that on listening. me. Don't, don't you put that on me, Ricky Bobby. Hey, don't come back. Put that on me. Let's get some uh, facts mm. of the morning to me and Rod B facts. We'll also you may be able to guess who the uh, the number seventeen team sixteen team I should say or seventeen. Yeah, we're at seventeen. And our countdown will be we'll be at sixteen tomorrow as we count them down named. week by week. Those who <laughs> show not, shall not be named. Absolutely. Coming back, the uh, facts including it's a fact. O.J. Simpson not happy. O.J. Simpson not pleased with the current situation. You don't want an angry O.J. Also, <laughs> never, never. And how about? Uh, the situation going on with uh, the, uh, the the folks in Hawaii. This is unbelievable. We'll get some B&E, uh, Ian Rodby. Facts of the day this morning. Ty Henderson is here as well. You are here. It's a Thursday morning. Thursday on The Horn, Ian Rodby. Still looking for a new name for the new show. Or not a new name, a name for the new show. A lot of good ones being uh, mentioned. Appreciate y'all's Ebony and Ivory. Ebony and Ivory. <laughs> Too obvious. Too obvious. <laughs> Too obvious. Salt and pepper has been mentioned. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, Ty Henderson is here as well. Ty, have you seen the new Manziel doc? I have not. Not. I need to. I need to. We did watch uh, Hard Knocks HBO. On Tuesday night, so that's back. We got preseason football tonight. Before we get to the B and, the Ian e Rod B facts of the day, uh, Rod, what's your level of excitement to watch some preseason football tonight? Well, I'm a Texans fan, so I do want to see CJ Stroud. Just at least the first I, series. I want to right? see CJ Stroud. So yes, I am. A, I'm a little excited for him. I'm a little nervous for him too, because I know if he doesn't look good, then we're going to be dealing with all the uh, the negativity. And and Texans fans, they are quick to get negative because, and I can't blame them because they've been dealing with a fuster cluck of a franchise for for the last three four years, <laughs> and one of the I mean it's one of the laughing stocks actually oh, of sure. the they, NFL. Well, and they've been in tank mode. We know that, right? They intentionally, yeah. well, they say it. The, you know, the hiring of David Culley, and then the oh. replacing him with Lovey Smith. You went I mean, back to back one and done coaches. Well, and C.J. Stroud has a, and that was I. I don't think. They should have just kept David Culley. They should have just kept David Culley. <laughs> he was hiring. winning too much. I know. Remember? He won too much. They thought he was going to be a total disaster so they could just tank. And he kept winning and inspiring the guys. They kept getting better. And they're like, this dude is actually winning games. Yeah. They may win six, seven games. we got to get him out of here. And then Lovey Smith <laughs> at the end of his uh, tenure. Oh. Winning game 17 yes. or week 17 <laughs> against the Colts against in miracle Colts. fashion to oh. cough up the number one pick, which ended up with Car- with Carolina trading with the Bears to get it. Brutal. And Houston. And that's why there's pressure on C.J. Stroud because the consensus number one overall pick became Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. Houston didn't have that pick. You know There were some questions about Stroud coming through the draft process, whether that was nitpicky or not. 
And so all eyes will be on C.J. Stroud and D'Amico Ryans, who's at least there's finally some optimism in Houston that there's a direction, right? There's a leader that they want to be there. D'Amico Ryans turned down opportunities to interview for other jobs that were available because he wanted to do the Houston job. It's actually, he called it his dream job. He played there in Houston when he was drafted out of Alabama, uh, met his wife there, got married mm-hmm. in Houston, and, of course, had been on the staff with your guy Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco 49ers running the defense yep. there. Uh, so he comes in. So at least and now played you have, there. And, yeah, now you have C.J. Stroud yeah. and – yeah, he was a good player. He was a really good player yeah. in Houston. Yeah. I mean, right as you were wrapping up your pro player. career, he was a damn good linebacker. First, he was their second-round pick uh, mm. early in the second round. and he Was he out of Bama? He was out of Bama. Out of Bama. Yeah. Did not Bama play guy. for Nick Saban, but yeah. uh, he was you know got out of Bama before Saban got there. But he is he brings that charisma, uh, leadership. What, what Any any thoughts on, on D'Amico Ryans? You know Kyle Shanahan very well. Uh, I do. I, I, I've heard that D'Amico Ryans is going to be a, a, a great hire for, for the Texans, even if he doesn't win – you know, start winning a lot of games and winning division. The Texans are at the point now as an organization, <laughs> they had to kind of start from the bottom <laughs> because of the you know, disaster that was Jack Easterby and then Bill O'Brien, and we all know how that went. We're not, we don't have to relive it. Um, so th- they'll, be a, they'll be better off. They'll be a better organization when they move on from D'Amico Ryans, whenever that is, as a result because of the way he's going to build the franchise because he'll build the culture back up. And he'll kill really. He's a football guy, and they've had people in charge around there who aren't football people. I'm a little concerned that he doesn't have anybody with head coaching experience on the coaching staff at all. And really, he's the only. I think they have two guys with play calling experience. That's it. They just don't have a lot of experience in the coaching staff. That's a little concerning. Everybody's learning on the job. Yeah, that is everybody uh, concerned. Now you're up against uh, Bill Belichick and. Whatever they're doing in New England this year, that'll be interesting. That's six o'clock tonight. There's two games. I think they're both on the uh, NFL Network. If you have that, Seahawks, yeah, Seattle and Minnesota, the late game. Minnesota, the Vikings. Kirk Cousins, everybody's new favorite guy because they've seen the the quarterback doc doc on uh, Netflix, and everybody says, "Man, Kirk Cousins, it just comes off good." Uh, CJ Stroud tonight, and look, uh, Texans do have a pretty darn good offensive line. I think that's a good place to start with a young quarterback. Damian Pierce is a good young running back. Mm -hmm. They signed Dalton Schultz from the Cowboys to play tight end to give him a weapon. Um, you know, John Mechie is back, the Alabama second-round pick from a year ago. He's healthy. And, uh, you know, they, they also drafted Will Anderson, right, with the third pick to trade back up to get the Alabama pass rusher. Uh, so they think they have two cornerstone players on either side of the ball at quarterback and pass rush, uh, having drafted, uh, uh, you know, uh, the kid out of LSU, a single no, Derek Stingley. Derek Stingley yeah, two yeah, drafts ago. He's got to show up this year. Well, because they took him ahead of Sauce Gardner. Yes. Remember? I mean they oh. took they took Stingley ahead of Sauce Gardner. Uh and Sauce, of course, was the rookie of the year, so but they still have high hopes for Stingley as a as a great cover corner. Jalen Petrie, the young Baylor Bear at safety, was a playmaker he's, in he's year gonna, one. He's gonna be a, a Pro Bowl safety uh or at one point. He really is. He was a hell of a playmaker last season, man. He he missed a lot of tackles. He had one of the highest missed tackle rates in the NFL. But he, his playmaking rate, he may he makes so many splash plays, whether it be forcing fumbles, getting interceptions, PBUs. He's all he's always around the football. Great nose for the football. Hey, Great let's get things. some uh, Ian Rodby facts of the day here before the top of the hour. Uh, we so have get a, your facts straight. There you go. Get your facts straight. <laughs> get your facts straight. Uh, can we go baseball fact? Please real quick? give me a fact. Man, I just love Shohei facts. Shohei. Shohei facts are great. Uh, okay, so we got a few Shohei facts here. Um, for the this is uh, for the second straight year, Shohei Otani has um, he has the um, he has ten wins 
as a pitcher yep. and has hit 15-plus home runs. He's the only player to do that in a single season, let alone two seasons. And 15 home runs is a low limit. Uh, 34 he had last year, and he's got 40, 40 home runs so far this year with that 10-win mark. Yeah, he got the win last night uh, for the for the uh, Angels, one of their few wins in their last 10 or 15 games. Uh, they pull back to 58-58. and 58. Uh, he gets the victory. How about we get his pitching line? Show it six innings, three hits allowed, five strikeouts. He's now ten and five on the year, and he's got forty bombs. And he's got forty bombs. He's the first player ever <laughs> to do that in Major League Baseball. There, that's the list. Shohei Otani, a player with forty home runs in a season and ten pitching wins. That's Shohei. Unfortunately, he's on a team that is an afterthought right now for the postseason. If you go look at most home runs hit in the season uh, and and with at least 10 wins as a pitcher, Shohei has done it twice last year and this year with 40 and 34 home runs, 10 and 15 wins. So far, he's got 10 wins. Uh, Bay Ruth next, 1918, with, <laughs> with 11 home runs and 13 wins. Well, remember about Babe Ruth when we compare the two. Babe Ruth never did what Shohei's doing, doing the same, both at the same time, mm. where he was a pitcher and then they decided to make him a hitter, and he stopped pitching, right? I mean, Shohei's doing both at the same time. That's never been done, and he's doing it at an elite level. We know the story, and the Angels probably not going to make the playoffs, and he'll be the biggest you know, free agent ticket ever. In the history, yeah, in the history of the game, I cannot wait to see what he the what the free market values Shohei at right now. That's going to be crazy to see. Also, some facts. You see the Tennessee Titans did the uh, rendering of their new $2.1 billion football stadium in downtown Nashville yesterday. I did not see that. Looks pretty sharp. Looking pretty sharp. They want to host Super Bowls and continue to push Nash Vegas as one of the entertainment meccas of North America. That's out there. And O.J. Simpson, Ron. O.J. Simpson not happy. (laughs) Because speaking of Vegas, yesterday Henry Ruggs, the Vegas Raiders a wide receiver was sentenced to three to ten years in prison for that horrific 2021 DUI crash that killed a woman and her dog. And OJ took to Twitter to question why his sentence was his sentence for burglary and stolen property was longer than someone who killed a woman and their dog. <laughs> wow! Oh. Make it about him. Yeah, man. Maybe because you killed someone too. Yeah. OJ. <laughs> Allegedly. 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 He All said, right. you're hey, driving. If the a... don't fit, you must have quit. You OJ you said, go. if you're driving your car <laughs> roughly 160 miles an hour on a public street and end up killing a girl and her dog, you get three to ten years. I go to a hotel room that you're invited to to retrieve your own personal <laughs> stolen property. And I got nine to 33 years. Same courthouse, same city. I don't know. Somehow it just doesn't add up. I'm just nobody. Saying. Listen, he's not wrong, but nobody wants to side with OJ. <laughs> So where you go? Yeah. No, no empathy here, or sympathy, or any of it for O.J. Simpson. I tend to agree with him about o- Henry Ruggs. That's a light sentence for what he did. We'll be back just one hour in the books of five on Ian Rod B. The Horn, Aaron Hogan and Rod Papers, morning 6 to 11. With all the news, stats, and fun you need to start your day. The Jim Rome Show, 11 to 2. Interviews, your calls, and emails. And Jim Rome, the man with a take that doesn't suck. 2 to 5. The Horn welcomes the Rich Eisen Show. Sports, laughs, pop culture, and all-star guests. Then 5 to 7, our very own Patrick Davis takes over with the Sports Complex. Sports analysis, special guests, and more. 101.9 FM, 1260 AM, and worldwide on the Horn app. Austin's sports leader, The Horn.